welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org. Right, I feel like we're, um, sorry I'm a bit cold, I haven't taken my coat off yet. So, I, th- I feel like we are at a threshold moment because, um, because we hear all these truths you know, and they are amazing truths, and we get excited, and we, and we're like, oh, yeah, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. You know, isn't God great? Isn't God great? And then there are individuals among us who deny ourselves that and, and disqualify ourselves. We say, yeah, that would be great, but there's no way God can forgive what I've done because I was born again. I was a Christian, and then I did some stuff that I shouldn't have done. Okay, we have to get over that. We have to get over it. You know, the Bible says the devil, he's the accuser of the brethren. Okay, he stands there and he says, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. And we lap it up. And we have to, what we have to do, the thing is he's right. We're not good enough in our own strength. We're not good enough. So he's he's good at this. Mixes truth with lie. And it's very convincing and we fall for it. So we have to say, you're right, I'm not good enough of myself. But in Christ, by the blood of Jesus, he made me good enough to take what I haven't earned and don't deserve. We just sung a song. He split the sea so I could walk right through it. And in Psalm 23, it says, God um, sets a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So I feel like that's what God's done this morning. He set a table for us. He's laid out all his good stuff for us. There are people in this room, I count myself one of them, who need God to break in. We need God. We need to live in, in the good of all that he has done, not just in the good of some of it. So um, and I, so I think God set a table for us in the presence of our enemies, right? The accuser's still here. He's still whispering in your ear saying, yeah, but you can't have that. And, and the trouble is we agree with him. We say, you know, you're dead right. So there's a threshold moment here. Um, Phil's going to preach, but just don't just stand at that threshold. Don't make a decision to pull back yet because God's got things that he, he needs us to live in the good of for our own good and for the good of the, our neighbors and friends and relatives who are going to see the goodness of God in our lives. Um, you know, they're going to be like in Psalm 40. You know, they're going to see and they're going to fear. They're going to fear God. They're going to say, do you know what? There is something at work in that person's life. So don't, 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 don't draw back from the threshold yet. Thank you. I know Ali's like, we could do six more songs here. And, uh, and, and I'm kind of completely with him in some ways, but I do want to hear what Phil's got to preach. So thank you so much, Ali. We will come back and we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> That's my intention anyway. Um, it's good to be here this morning and uh, it's good to worship God. And, and, and as we've just heard, Phil is about to, to come and, uh, and speak to us. And, and I think what he's got is going to be really valuable for us to, to hear. Um, I've got a couple of notices. Um, you should have got the notice sheet um, with all the notices on it. I just want to highlight um, one thing at the top of the uh, um, the kind of list of things that are happening. Uh, news night. Um, it's in a couple of Thursdays' time. I want you to make sure that that's a priority in your diary. Um, we've got lots of things to share with you. Um, I have 
just want to highlight um, there's some cards for something called Mission Fest in Dresden, uh, which um, a whole load of um, churches are going to go out and take part in. And we've been invited if you want to take part in that. Um, If you want to know about it, Iris went last year and had a really good time. And Iris would uh, heartily recommend going, I'm sure. So um, you can go and speak to her. But there's a whole pile on the back table And um, you can find out more if you'd like to be involved in that and go on mission and uh, stretch your boundaries um, in another culture. Um, So, yeah, I know. The news night, um, to be confirmed, that's why it doesn't say yet. (laughs) See? See, I don't know everything that's going on. Right, I'm going to pass around the offering bowls and uh, Phil is going to come and speak to us and the young people are going out with Pamela. Emerge, explore. Pamela is ready for you. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you take us where we're at. You don't, you don't expect us to, to climb the mountain to find you, but you come and find us. And you've made that patiently, patiently clear this morning. So Lord, as, uh, as Phil stands to speak, I want to pray that you would come and you would seek us out wherever we're at. That you would speak into our lives. And that we'd understand that you're chasing us. Because we'd, we'd hear what it is that you're saying to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Um, Ali, just say, could you be ready with some few songs at the end? I'm going to give a bit of time to that, so just to give you a bit of warning. Um, I just want to pick up, really, a couple of things that have been on my heart. Um, I spoke a couple of weeks ago on the goodness of God, and had so much reaction to that, which has been really good reaction, I mean, um, real blessing. And, uh, and then Peter talked last week on a uh, very difficult subject, going through battles and times of difficulties and different things. And I, I just felt I wanted to bring some of that together. And I felt that even this morning, God's already prepared some grounds. So I'm going to speak, I don't want to speak for long. Um, actually, when I shared with Peter, because they didn't know what I was going to preach, but when I shared with them this morning, their instant response was, oh, that's a two-minute talk then. So, um, a little bit more than two minutes, please. Uh, but I just want to bring that together, because I guess right across this room now, there are people who are doing really well, you're having a great time, you're enjoying the blessing of God, and in that time, you can easily say, God is good. And God's really with me, and God's blessing me, and I'm having a great time. That'll be some people in this room. Some people in this room will be saying, it's okay. I'm getting by, I'm doing okay. And there'll be others and a percentage of the room that's really struggling. They're struggling with all manner of stuff. It could be a sin issue. It could be something that's just dogged your life for years and you're not getting the breakthrough. It could be that you're going through some health issues. It could be you're going through some financial issues. It may be that there's some relationship problem. And it could be actually internal or external some of the things, but there's different people in different places, and I'm trying to, I want to kind of speak to all, in a sense, this morning, because actually, I've, I just sense God is taking us on into something new, and I think what John was saying about, we're at a threshold, and we're at a threshold far more 
than what John's even expressed, I think. Because it's not just a threshold about stepping into knowing God's goodness. It's a threshold for us as a church to advance and to move forward and take the kingdom. So it says in the Bible that forceful men take the kingdom by force. There's something about that changes in us that then advances the kingdom. Something that God does and changes in our own hearts. So now I just want to kind of somehow marry together these two talks on, yes, we know the goodness of God, and God's good, and there's this other side that actually there's difficulty. There's problems, there's issues, there's things that are hindering us. Even that sense of our own worthiness is a hindrance to knowing God's goodness. Fully is. If you don't know that you're worth before God, then you're never going to enjoy the goodness that God's got for you. Simple. Simple to say, harder to deal with and move forward in without the Holy Spirit. So, I started a couple of weeks by saying, God is good all the time. Fact, true, can't deny it. God is good all the time. It's very nature. He can't be anything else but good. But in this life, we will have trouble. Jesus said it. So it must be true. In this life, you will have trouble. It comes. It's part of life in this fallen world. It's how it is. The reality is, is this, that bad things happen to good people doing the right thing. It's just reality of life. It, because something bad happens to you, and this is, was my teaching and understanding when I was young was that you've got a problem, you're in a difficulty because you've done something wrong and it's your fault. And there's a judgment in that that isn't from God and it's not true because bad things happen to good people doing the right thing because that's this life and it's how it is sometimes. And we can live in and know the goodness of God in the midst of all that going on. And we don't have to take that condemnation and we don't have to take that blame and that makes us feel unworthy, makes us feel disqualified for enjoying God's goodness because it's a lie of the enemy. And unfortunately, it's been a lie that's been preached from pulpits. And it's a lie. There is not any reason particularly why you've got a problem through anything that you've done. It's nature. Now, that, there may be something you've done at some point and there are consequences to sin. There are consequences to some of our decision-making and our, and our attitudes but God will point those out, but it does not disqualify us from knowing God's goodness in the process. And any difficulty in our life is not necessarily a result of that. God's good. And I've been, you know, I've been stuck in Moses, uh, in Exodus, looking at Moses in Exodus 33, and I make no apology for that. Peter and Neil always laugh at me when I'm saying I'm taking us back into Exodus, and they're not surprised now. But I just, I, I've been caught by Exodus 34, actually, in this case, in that the story moves on. He has this amazing encounter of the goodness of God. But the story kind of goes a bit further than that. And we find that in Exodus 30, 34, if I can just find that in my... I copied it somewhere. So it's quicker at it. Here we go. And it says this. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil, because he put this veil over his face, because he got this he kind of shining bright, and he'd remove that veil until he came out. And when he came out, he told the people of Israel 
what was commanded, and the people of Israel see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining. And Moses would put a veil back over his face again until he went in to speak with God. Every time he had an encounter with God, the glory of God was reflected in Moses' face. I want to say, every one of us can have that encounter. That we can, the place to go is always God. It's not somewhere else. In the midst of trouble, God's the place to go to. That's where we will find God's glory. That's where we will find his goodness. You see, God's goodness is seen in his glory. And God's glory is found in his goodness. The two are together. They're, they're intrinsically together. You can't separate them out. Where God has been good, it brings glory to God. What, when God made all the earth, he said it was good. He looked on it and it's beautiful. And even though we know it's decaying, we know it's not as God first intended it to be, we can still look at creation. We can still go out on the hills and the mountains and you can say it is good. Isn't it beautiful? I mean, I've shared with you that we're looking for a house and we're looking for a house with a view and we, we are, we've put an offering on a house, we can't get it just yet, we've sold ours, we're in the process, and I'm trusting God for the house with the view. Because I want to look on God's glory every morning and say, it is good, and that's what I want to look at every day. <laughs> that's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm believing for. Because actually, when we look on God, and we look on what he's done, and what he's created, something of God's glory reflects in us. It has to. It has to rub off. We can't help it. God can't help his very nature. It rubs off on us. And so it did for Moses as he went in. Just bear with me a second. I want to just find another bit of that passage. See, if you turn to um, Exodus... 34, and we start at verse 10. And it says, The covenant renewed. And it says this, And he said, Behold, I am making a covenant before, all, before your people. I will do marvels, such as not been created in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people among whom you shall see, see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do for you. It says this, I'm just going to reread that again. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do for you. You see, Israel had messed up. Israel had, had created this golden calf. They'd all messed up. In his anger, Moses broke the two tablets of stone with the Ten Commandments on, and it was all a mess. And then there's this restorative moment in 33 where he encounters God in his glory. And then we come into 34 and God says, I'm going to renew that covenant. And actually in renewal of the covenant, God increases it. So it's not actually just a restoration of what has been lost, of what has been damaged, of what has been ruined by sinful behaviour and idolatry. It's actually God saying, I'm going to restore it and I'm going to increase it. Now, they'd already seen amazing miracles. They'd already seen the provision of God prior to this moment in time. And then God says this amazing thing is, 
And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do for you. Things he said earlier that have not been seen in all creation or in any nation. Isn't that amazing? That God's promising to do even more than they've already seen. God's going to do increasingly more. And this is on the back of failure. This is on the back of disobedience. This is on the back of a people who have not followed God. And he's saying, actually, I'm going to restore it and I'm going to increase it. And he's what I want to say. The goodness of God is, in the midst of even difficulty and trouble, God wants to increase you. And he wants to increase his goodness upon you. And he wants to increase his goodness upon this church and upon the area that he's put us in. That's the plan of God. It's not that we just get restored to what we were or should be. Actually, we're restored and increased. That's the promise of God. Is I'm going to do more. You see, Jesus said to us that actually when I go to heaven, uh, when I've gone, I'm going to send another helper and you will do greater things than I've been doing. I'd be happy just to do the things Jesus was doing. We're not even doing that yet, let alone doing the greater stuff. I was talking to a friend of mine, he's uh, uh, South Manchester Family Church this week, and he was saying that actually he's just had this realisation. When Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, he said, heal the sick. He didn't say pray for the sick. He said, heal them. He said, you do it. You heal them. Not pray for them. And we're good at praying for the sick. And it's right that we do in a sense. But actually there's a, there's a greater faith step that we haven't yet stepped into, I don't think, of actually healing the sick. And I think God wants us to step in because that's the increase. When God gives the promise, he gives the promise of increase. And it's the next step. He was doing one thing, but you're going to do greater. That's the increase of the promise that God's got for us. So in the midst of trouble, I kind of, when I was thinking through this, is many of us will have this question in our mind when we're in trouble. Does suffering come from God? Because when you're in the midst of it, it feels like it does. And we can ask that question. Now I'm saying that because I know I've asked that question. I know I've been there and I've battled I know I've been there and I've sought and I've had to fight for faith and believe God in the midst of trouble and difficulty. And even now I'm fighting for it just over a house, for goodness sake. It's a house. It's just somewhere to live. And God's promised he'll sort all that stuff out anyway if I trust him and follow him first. All these other things will be added, he says. So I know it's all right, but I'm still fighting faith. It's keeping me awake at night thinking we've sold our house and we've got nowhere to live. Who's got a place that we can rent or we can move into? A place where we can pitch a tent? Anything, really, is in my mind at 2 o'clock in the morning when I'm wide awake, worrying about it. Yet we know it's the timing of God for us to move. And this has happened to us twice. We, we tried to move many years ago. We were planning on moving to Chesterfield and it just wasn't God's time somehow. And we never, we never even got a viewing on the house, let alone sell it. And... When we did, we sold in a matter of days. When we, knew it, when, it, when we thought, oh no, actually this is the right time. And we sold in days and we bought without any problem. 
And this is a little bit more challenging because we've sold in days, but we've not got anywhere to buy. <laughs> it's a little bit boring. But anyway, so does suffering come from God? It's sometimes I get in my mind when I'm in those early hours of the morning and panic sets in and worry and fear comes. But actually, that isn't the truth. The truth is we live in a fallen world. We're all subject to decay. Our bodies are subject to decay. Aren't they? They just are. It's just reality. We're a fallen world. The whole of creation is subject to decay. And so is our body. That's why I'm losing my hair. That's why it's gone grey. That's why I, I ache a bit more in the morning than I used to. I can't do the things that, that I used to do when I was 20. And it frustrates me because I'd like to. And I haven't got the stamina anymore. And I was saying to Peter just the other week, I, I went and fitted a carpet for somebody. And when I came away, I got this headache on one side of my head. And I never used to get that when I did that kind of thing before. But I did now. And it's, I'm getting old. And I don't like it. My body's decaying. The reality is of a fallen world is family breakdown. It happens. It's just a part of it. Finances are difficult sometimes. We live in a world that's greedy. And finance becomes difficult. We live in a world where men love evil rather than good and do bad things. It's the world. If we get robbed, we think, that's not God's judgment. That's the fallen world we live in. It's just how it is. And we know have to find that place of enjoying God's goodness in the midst of life like this. Because it is like that. See, the Bible says we've got an enemy who goes around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Our problem is we, we, we give him the bait, almost. We say, come after us. Because we, we're not living in that place of faith and understanding God's goodness. Actually, we make his task a bit easier. And sometimes it's almost like we leave the gate open for him to come in and get at us. And we need to be careful of that. So to answer the question is that no, no bad thing comes from God. He only does what is good. He cannot do anything else because it's just his nature. It's his character, it's his nature, he's good. So he'll only do good. And that is the truth. And yet we know we live in world like this and there's lines of songs that sometimes help us get that reality and I mean when I was preparing this Matt Redmond's song came to mind of blessed be your name and uh, and it says on the road marked with suffering how often do we can we sing that blessed be your name and mean it and believe it and trust God and enjoy the goodness of God when we're on the road of suffering how many times I'm not good at it I'll tell you I'm not I'm not good at it. And there's times, there's songs like that, sometimes you just don't want to sing. Your worship leader starts that song up and you're on the road of suffering and you think, this is the last song I want the worship leader to sing today and lead us in. This is not what I want to be singing. And I've stood there and I've not sung it because I can't. Because I'm not in that place of saying, blessed be your name. I'm blessing you even in the midst of this. I'm not blessing God. And we don't bless God for the trouble, we bless God in it when we're living in it and when we're suffering the 
So how can we? How can we find that place of enjoying the goodness of God and all that he's doing and all that he's got planned for us even in the midst of difficult time? And it's this, it's knowing who we are in God, knowing how much he loves us and knowing in the midst of that he will do good. See, if God is a God of goodness and increase of goodness, he, even though it's not from God, he'll use it for our good. You know, James starts with this awful line of count it pure joy when you endure troubles of all kinds. It's not a great line really, is it? The last thing you want is to count it pure joy. Do you count it? I don't count it pure joy. God, what on earth is going on? This isn't, doesn't feel like joy. Doesn't feel that good. Doesn't feel that great to me right now. But actually, he says, know this, that God's working in you something. It's bringing change. And I could do a, I'm not going to do a preach on James, but you so easily could actually. Preach on James in this, that actually he's working something in you that's for eternity, not just for this world. It's actually something in us that's going to take us on into something greater in eternity. So work now that's an eternal work. See, the moment you became a Christian, the moment you got saved, your life is beyond this life, it's for eternity. So anything God's working in you and doing in you is not just for this place, it's for the world to come. And the life to come. That God's working in us. So maybe we have to change our understanding, our perspective. That actually there's something good that God's going to work out of trials and tribulations that aren't from him, but will be used by him for our good. That's how God works. He's going to use something that's bad in our lives to work good in us, that will do us good, but actually will do others good. See, God never does something, somebody, somebody just themselves. Because he thinks bigger. And he thinks more long-term than that. And while it blesses you and does something to you, as John said, actually, that we are reflecting God's glory in some way. To our neighbours, our friends, the people of God, see the kingdom of God and, God and the kingdom of God in us being worked out. Because we've stepped into something. And we stepped into a new place of encountering God and experienced his goodness in a way we've never understood it before. So when I'm talking about, and this is what I'm living with, and I shared it even on Friday at the uh, Regional Leaders Day, is that God's heart for us is supernatural increase. That's the purpose. That's the plan of God. So anything that's going on now in any of our lives, and it's all manner of different things. As I said, people in all different kind of places across this congregation you know, I don't know what the percentage split might be, but even if it was a third of the congregation in one place, third in another, third in the other, actually, in all of that, God's wanting to work something in us for our increase and for supernatural increase of his kingdom in and through this church. And what we might feel is very individualistically ours, and we're suffering this, it's me going through this, Nobody else is suffering this. Nobody else is going through this situation. Nobody else is experiencing this right now. We can think like that, and sometimes we think we're all alone in this. And it can feel like that. Actually, God's working something good that was good for you and for the corporate body. I truly believe that. It was interesting. I was saying to uh, my friend from South Manchester, I was saying, actually, we're facing something in this church we've never actually really faced much before. Only, I know of one occasion. 
We're facing cancer in a way we've never faced it in this church before. And, it's, and we stand with those that are suffering from cancer and we're praying for those. And actually, this is, this is actually doing us good as a church because it's doing something in us to build our faith, expecting actually that we can go to people and say, be healed. And we're not just praying for healing, but we're saying, be healed in the name of Jesus. Because God wants to stretch our faith, our expectancy, for the more of God that he wants to do amongst us. And I believe that. I believe God, trials come. And not just on individuals, but for a church, actually, because we're, we're to stand together. So when you see your brother in need, you go and stand with them. That's what the Bible says. We stand with them. So it's as though we're in it. It's as though we've got that cancer. It's as though we're suffering that, and we stand with them, and we pray, and we get before God, and we say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And we take a stride forward, not just them, but us together. There's a challenge before us, a threshold being laid. God says you can step in for the more or you can shrink back. You can advance in the things of the kingdom and expectancy of God, the knowing of who you are in God and carrying what God's given you to carry in the kingdom or you can just stay where you are and shrink back and not go over the threshold into something new. God's a good God who's got good things and he wants to manifest that goodness in and through his church to the church and to the world outside. And if we don't take the challenge, they'll find somebody who will. I just believe that. They'll find somebody who will. We've got a choice. We've got an opportunity. We can step in. We can step into the good that God's got for us and we can take hold of it and live in the good of it and actually some of these breakthroughs where currently now we're struggling and we're not seeing breakthrough God wants to take us into breakthrough God wants breakthrough for the church he doesn't want to see the church floundering he doesn't want to see the church not taking hold and taking hold of that which Christ intended us to take hold of the very thing that Christ died for us Christ didn't die just for your salvation that you get to heaven. He died for so much more. You know, he's got the keys of death and Hades, it says. He's got the keys to life. He's got the keys over all things. He's been given supreme authority to rule and reign over everything, and yet we don't yet see it all subject to him. Why? Because he's chosen to do it through the church and use the church for that, for advancing the kingdom and taking more ground. So it's not just for salvation he died. And that's great in itself. And we need to celebrate that as we have done this morning, the songs we've sung. We've celebrated this great salvation. I want to say God's got so much more for us. So much more for the church to step into. And it's time to step into it. And I'm just feeling the weight of that challenge. I'm just feeling the weight of God calling us on. I feel the weight that we are in a month's time or so going to be going into the lime tree and my heart and my prayer and my desire is, God, it's got to look different. Not just the look of the building. We have got to look different as a church as we advance forward. It's a new day. And I've been saying it and it's been coming. And God's driving it through. And it's time to see something new break out. And I believe we are. Even beginnings. We're beginning to see the beginnings. I think that's where we're at. The beginning of the beginnings. 
ever break out of something new. You understand that? Get that what I mean? The beginning of the beginnings of something new. And so I will encourage us. And there is a response. Okay, let's stand together. We're going to just come back before God. This is an opportunity. This is a moment where we can just step in. We can choose to step in for more of what God's got for us together. We've seen, say, the beginnings of the beginnings. We've got stories of healing, miraculous things God's doing. And God wants more for us. And we've been at this point before. I have to say, we have been at these points before in the life of this church. And somehow, we've kind of stopped. And we've stayed there and somehow shrunk back. And I don't want us to do that. I want us to press in for more of what God's doing and to take hold. So I'm going to pray for us. God would help us take a step of faith. For some of us, it's a step of courage. It's a choice to believe that's what faith is actually it's choosing to believe we choose to believe it's not emotion faith isn't about emotions and feelings it's about choosing to believe the truth we have to make the choice to choose to believe so God I pray now by your Holy Spirit all that you've been saying all that you've been doing this morning would you come now and would you take from that and would you plant it right in people's hearts by the Spirit as we come to worship now Holy Spirit will you descend upon us Will you come and touch hearts and lives? Lord, transform our thinking, our understanding. God, I pray now by the Spirit you'll cause faith to rise. Lord, as we choose, as we make right choices in our heart right now, Lord, I pray, come Holy Spirit. And I just feel the Lord prompting me to help us do that. So if you need to do that, if you need to choose to believe, you've got to begin to say it. And so I'm going to say, because I know I need to choose to believe for more of the miraculous that actually I can just say to someone be healed and they're healed I know, I know I need to faith for that I need to step into faith so I'm just going to say and you can join with me and I'm going to say it two or three times and I'm just going to say I choose to believe and if you know you need to make that step you need to make that choice I want to encourage you to say it with me and I'm just going to say it okay, after three one, two, three I choose to believe I choose to believe you I choose to believe, God, I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose to believe, God, that you are taking us on in for more of what you've got for us, more of your kingdom breaking in. I choose to believe it today, Lord. I want to take a step forward, Lord, and enter into not hold back, Lord. It's for everyone. No one's disqualified here. We're all saved and born again by the Spirit of God, and we all have that right to enter into all that you've got. So help us, God, I pray.